This is Pastor Aaron at Oasis Baptist Church, and thank you for checking us out online. I pray that this message is an encouragement to you. Again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Joel, for coming and leading, and uh, appreciate that. So many good songs and so many, I hate saying good thoughts, but it's the holiness of God, the name of Jesus. It's why we're here. It's what gives us hope for tomorrow. It gives us hope in the hard times. It's all of those things, and there's so many songs that come to mind right now that we could just continue to sing a cappella and just worship the Lord, but uh, hallelujah, that last song takes me back when I was with a group of pastors in Israel not too long ago, and we went into a couple of the different temples there, and just a group of about 20 men standing in one of those old churches just singing out that song, and man, the it's amazing, but uh, thank you so much for being here and for worshiping with us this morning. Nehemiah is where we're going to be, and we are building beyond ourselves. We are coming to the conclusion of this, uh, the study that we've been in in the book of Nehemiah. If you are new with us, we've been going through verse by verse in the book of Nehemiah over the last, uh, really start at the beginning of the summer, and we will conclude Nehemiah next week in chapter number 13. And so today, we are going to be combining chapter 11 and chapter 12 together, and uh, we, have, we have come through this, uh, this book, and if, if you've been with us again, if not, I'll kind of catch us up a little bit, but the people have dedicated themselves over the last several chapters, really going back to about chapter 8, uh, they began to celebrate, they began to, have, uh, to come together, they, they began to bring those feasts again that they hadn't had for some time, um, they, were, they had a time of confession, they, had, they have cried, they have mourned, they have uh, done so many things. Last week we looked at how they set up that covenant and they begin to give back and now they come together with a heart of thankfulness and a desire of dedication. We're going to look this morning as the people come back to the town, as the people come back to Jerusalem, and in chapter 12, it says that they now dedicate the walls, and they didn't just come and, and do this, just, ah, let's, let's just have a dedication service. No, there was a whole process about that, and they did so in thankfulness, and they had a heart to do this. Nehemiah was a fairly intelligent guy. He was smart enough to recognize that they had a city, they had walls, they need to do something with that. Uh, now we have completed the walls. Now we can go live wherever we want. We could do whatever we want. No. They had to bring the people in. They had to protect the walls. They had to do all of those things because the reality is this, and it's no different for our nation than it is for this, but uh, for the nation of Israel to be strong, Jerusalem had to be strong. For the nation, the United States of America, to be strong, D.C. has to be strong. If you could just walk into the Capitol building and do whatever you wanted to do today, that's where all of our leaders are, right? I don't know what they do, but that's what they're there for. But if you could just walk in there and wipe out whoever you wanted to wipe out, our country would not be very strong. We would be in a big mess. Jerusalem was no different. They were kind of the, that was the place. That was where the leadership was. That was where things were taking place, and it had to be protected. At this time, though, there were walls, but there were very few people. 
And so they come to a place here and they begin to bring people in. And just like that, you know, I'm not a military guy and I look out and I know we have several folks that serve in the military or have served in the military. There are certain things, there's attributes, there's character traits, there's a lot of things that when you look at somebody that's in the military, you can usually spot them. You can usually see it. It's, there's very few of them that are unclean shaven. Because they're not allowed. Their hair has to be a certain way. There are certain things that they do. If you're at a stadium full of thousands of people and the national anthem is sung or the flag is raised and then we are gonna, we're going to salute the flag and we're going to say the pledge at any point in time, you can always spot somebody who has either been in the military or is in the military, right? Because you know how they stand in attention. How they clasp their hands the right way. How they broad in their chest they're proud they've been trained and taught there's certain things that you can always look at to me i love to be in a stadium full of people and the national anthem is played and i love to look around and see the men who you can obviously see man that person served this nation there's character traits with that jerusalem was no different They were bringing in people and they were desiring, we are going to see today, they were desiring that they would now, this is ownership. We are taking ownership of of our place. This is the place that that we've spent. We've blood, sweat, and tears. We've built the walls. We've put the gates up. We've done all of these things. Now I've got to take ownership of this. This has to be mine. One of the things I love about our military, guess what they've all chosen to do? Serve this nation. They didn't get told, they weren't told that they had to. Now, some of your parents may have said, no, son, this is what you're doing, daughter, this is what you're doing. But no, in the United States of America, which is one of the things that sets us apart from most all nations, is the men and women that serve this nation have chosen to give their lives to do such. Here, they're going to begin to bring people in, and they're going to begin to make this town is going to be ours. There's a pride that comes with serving this nation. You should have a proud heart for this nation, period. But there's pride in those that serve this nation. It's the same when we're looking at this. Now, I'll I'll bring this together. It's not a military day, but we are looking at a group of people that now have to come to protect, to be. This is mine. Hey, when you go to work, there's certain ones of you in this, in this area here at the church today that there's certain characteristics that you have to have at your workplace. There's, you may not have be able to have tattoos or you may not have to be able to have piercings or your hair may have to be a certain way or you might have to wear a suit or you might be able to do whatever you want, but there's always something usually. There's, there's stipulations. And you kind of become that place. I think of Disneyland. Some people call Disney the happiest place on earth. I don't. They just want my money, and I'll watch them on TV, and that's great. We've been once with my children. That means all four of them have been, and I can say they've been. I don't have to ever take them again. It's like $10,000 for all six of us to go to Disney. I don't have it, so we're good. But you know what? If you go to Disney, there's several things that Disney does very well, and they pretty much do it better than anybody else. That whole park is clean. It's pretty spotless. 
For as many people as go through that place, it is nearly spotless. Do you know why? Because if you as an employee walk past trash, guess what happens? You get fired. If there's a piece of trash on the ground and I'm an employee at Disneyland and I just walk past it and there's somebody that is an authority, you can be fired for that. That's a character trait that you add. You don't walk there and start that. No, you, you take on. This is my place. I have to, if I want a job, I have to do that. But not only that, I was reading some of this stuff. I, why I studied this, because it came to my mind, I have no idea. But I was reading. Do you know what? They don't just allow you to just bend over and pick up trash. There's a certain way in which you pick up trash if you work at Disney. They have very strict and stringent policies. You know, if you are Mickey Mouse and you're the character Mickey Mouse at Disney, no one else is allowed to know that you're Mickey Mouse at Disney. You can't post on social media. You can't do certain things. There's very strict policies of that. There's other policies that Disney holds that allows them to be who Disney is. From hair policies to social media policies to that about trash to certain things. When somebody asks you where to go, what do you say? Hey, go right over there. You know at Disney, if you point with one finger, that's not allowed. To you and me, you might go, that's really weird. But they have a policy. Because in certain cultures, pointing with one finger is very offensive. So they don't do it. Anywhere you go, they point with two fingers. Because it's offensive to certain cultures. And the other thing that they say is, Two fingers is more visible to a child than one. You might be going, this is really dumb. What does this have to do with anything in Nehemiah? Here's where I'm going with this. Nehemiah was bringing the people back in. And Nehemiah wasn't just wanting to have people come in, but he was wanting people that this was going to be mine. Listen, Oasis, I I love all of you that come here, but my goal and my desire is that this is not just a place that you come, but this is your church. This is your place of worship, and it's important to you. This is my church, but it's not my church. I say this all the time. This is not my church because I'm the pastor of Oasis. This is my church because this is my church. I was a member of Oasis before I was a staff member of Oasis. I love this place. My life was changed at Oasis Baptist Church 12, nearly 13 years ago. I love this place. It's mine. I have pride at Oasis. And because of that, there's certain things that I do. There's certain things that I act. And listen, if somebody at Disney or somebody wherever you work, you add and you you change your life, you change your culture. I took a job in college and they made me shave my mustache. I already looked like I was five. Then I changed it. I looked like I was three. (laughs) They made me. Why? I had to adhere to their standard. If I wanted to be employed there, I had to change there. Listen, if I do that in everything that we live and how we live and how we talk and how we do all those things, we will change what we do because of a job, then guess what I should do? Out of love of my Savior, my life should be given as well. 
Here when we're looking at Jerusalem, when we're looking at this city, they're going to bring people in and they are going to dedicate these walls. They're, going to dedi- they're saying, God, I am willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to do all this to protect this place. The temple was right in there. There were so many other things and they were, they were sacrificing themselves for God and in that process for one another and for their faith for their religion for all of the things that they were doing and so this morning as we look at a thankful dedication as we look at a thankful dedication I want us to look at how that impacts us see a true dedication will bring about sacrifice it will bring about celebration and it'll bring about service if I am truly dedicated there will come sacrifice you want that paycheck at the end of the week you'll shave your mustache and your beard You'll keep your hair where it's supposed to be. You want certain things, you'll do those things. It's sacrifice. I thought it was dumb. I was very clean shaven. I was, I'm like, what do you mean? I was actually there for two weeks before they told me I had to shave it. And I'm like, you should have told me that at the beginning. But you know what I did? I shaved it. Because I wanted that paycheck. It's going to be sacrifice. You know what? Sometimes in dedication... There's a lot of celebration. I'll tell you, church, we've had a lot of opportunity to celebrate, and we've probably not done it as good as we should have done it, but there's a lot of opportunity where we can celebrate here at Oasis Baptist Church. I don't know about you, but if you look around this auditorium, it's pretty full right now. Seven years ago, I was told to shut the doors. Many of you are here, you remember that. That's celebration. Some of you today sit in a chair. Six months ago, you never knew the Lord as Savior. Today, you have a heavenly home. You have hope. We have all those are celebrations. And guess what it took? It took sacrifice. And that sacrifice led us to celebration. And all of that leads us to a place where my desire is to be having a heart of service. And I want to give. I want to do those things. Why? Because it's mine. It's mine. That city was theirs. Those walls, it just weren't, they weren't just walls. They had blood, sweat, and tears on those walls. That meant something to them. And so this morning, we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 12 is where we'll read a few verses. And then I'm going to get through some of these points. And my goal is to get you out on time. Nehemiah chapter 12, starting in verse 27. And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites out of all their places to bring them to Jerusalem, to keep the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgiving and with singing, with cymbals, psalteries, and with harps. And the sons of the singers gathered themselves together, both out of the plain country round about Jerusalem and from the villages of... This is the part I love. Netaphathil, Netaphathi, sorry, also from the house of Gilgal and out of the fields of Geba, and I read too far, Asmaveth, for the singers had builded them villages round about Jerusalem. Did it go to 30? And the priests and the Levites purified themselves and purified the people and the gates and the wall. Father, we pray today, Lord, that you would be glorified. But God, that our hearts would be open to your word. Lord, such an incredible passage. There's so many people's names that are listed in chapter 11 and 12, and I know we're not going through each one of those, but 
Lord, those are families. Those are, those are people's lives. Those are uh, generations and generations of folks who have given themselves to, uh, to you. And Lord, I pray that as we do tackle some of these verses, Lord, that, that they, would, they would change us. That it would be from the inside out, we would seek you. God, that you would be glorified. And Lord, we'd be changed for being here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. A thankful service is the first thought this morning. A thankful service. The walls had been built but who is going to live there? If we were to go back, if you remember in chapter number 7, they said something about this, this, uh, of this regard. They had space, they had a city, but there were few people and few houses. Who gets to live in this place? Think about this. I don't know about you, but if you think about where they were, how many people outside of the walls wanted the walls to be built? A lot of people? No. Do we remember? They wanted to fight them. They wanted to kill them. Do not build these walls. So here we come. Who wants to live in the place where everybody outside of the place just really wants you dead? Hey, we've put these walls up. We've got cool gates. Everything is great. Now, which one of you are going to volunteer to go live inside where everybody on the outside just wants you to be dead? No one's raising their hand. Because as we look at this, there were these things. These were the things that were taking place. They needed people to be there. They needed all of those things. But think about this. All of this time, the walls had been built. They had confessed. They had had done all of those things. The covenant had been made. And now here we are. Everybody on the outside is looking to them. Everybody has seen the walls go up. Everybody had watched all these things go up. And they had been saying what? Man, my God is awesome. Look how great God is. And they had been doing some of the things that we just did. They were worshiping and they were doing all of those things. And then all of a sudden now they're going to go, my God is really good except for the fact that I'm not living in there. Dedication takes what? Sacrifice. Everybody didn't go in. But God had to use the people to do the work that God had chosen to do, and He had called them. God had brought them back for a reason. God had chosen them to be a part of the work that was taking place, but that was going to take, or that was taking place, but, but that was going to take them to sacrifice. What they were choosing to do wasn't easy at all. It was going to possibly cost them their life. It was going to cost them financially because they may have been outside of the walls and the the economy was going and their work was taking place and they were able to build and they were able to grow their crops and they were able to do all those things and now they needed to come in. There was a lot of sacrifice that was about to take place. It wasn't easy. Listen, I would ask you this. Truly following God, is it the easiest thing that you've ever done? Most of the time it's not. There is some level of sacrifice to truly seek after the face of God. People around you may not like you. Your family member may have said, you know what, I don't know. You're a little too fanatical. I don't like that Jesus stuff. Somebody around you, I don't like why you you go to work and you carry a Bible or you said something about church and you get made fun of and blah, 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 blah. A lot of that stuff is kind of petty, but it's not always easy. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. If we were to go to chapter or verse number two, holy and acceptable and pleasing. If we look at that, it's, 
that we would present our body a living sacrifice, that everything that I do would be a a sacrifice towards God, that I would recognize that when I'm at work, I am worshiping God. When I'm at home, I'm worshiping God. Everything that I do is towards a sacrifice towards God. It's that I'm giving of myself to Him. There is sacrifice. But last week, if you remember, I gave the silly story of the little boy that was in the concrete. And I said what? I like it in the abstract, not in the concrete. There's a lot of things that we like in the abstract. It sounds really good. Hey, it's great to preach, to present your body a living sacrifice. It's really good for you to do that. But when it hits home, it's like, eh, that's tough. You mean I'm not supposed to do that? Have you ever had the question of why are you here? What is it that I'm doing here? Why would God have placed me here? Think about these people. They were about to go back into a city. They were about to go, many of them were going to go back into a place where lives may be changed, families were going to be changed, and maybe some of them said, well, why would you choose me? Why would I go there? And I would say, Sometimes it's not so much about what it is that I'm going to be doing because I have the title or I have this job or I have this thing, but I'm present right where God wants me to be. And they're racing in the back. (laughs) I am present right where God wants me to be. Many of you know my story and my wife's story. We moved to Vegas. I was a youth pastor across town. I truly believe that God had called me and led led me to, to move away from where I was in that situation And I found Oasis Baptist Church. When I came to Oasis, I was not a happy guy. Many of you know this. I wasn't in love with everything that was going on. I didn't really even like the church, to be honest. I was not happy. For almost a year, I worked in a position that I hated. There was not much of any reason why I was here. And I kept saying to Mindy, I don't know what we're doing here. God, would you just move us out? Get us out of here. But then we kept saying, but we knew that God had called us to Vegas. And really, in that time, for about nine months, really, I would say for the first six to seven months of that time, we were upset, I was angry, I didn't want to be here, and I didn't know what God was doing. But I was present right where God had me, though I had no idea why God had me here. It was about seven, eight months in, I was offered a position here at Oasis. Just before that, my dream job opened up and I was offered that job. But I was present where God had me to be and I had no idea why. And when that dream job came up, I said, Mindy, this is it. Let's go. And both of us said on that Friday night, we both kind of looked at each other and yeah, that's the dream job. That's where we would love to be. That would be awesome. But God called us to Vegas. And listen, 12 years ago, I had no idea that God called me to Vegas to be the youth or the pastor at Oasis Baptist Church at one point. I would have laughed at you in your face if you just said you're going to be the pastor. If you just said that eight years ago, I'd have laughed at you in your face. I probably did about five years ago. But, (laughs) But sometimes we just have to be present right where God needs us to be and these people they may not have understood they didn't understand what was the things that were going on but there was some that chose to go in the walls and they faithfully served the Lord where they were it was their step of faith 
I don't know what your step of faith is to actively be right where God has you. It may not be what you desire. It may not be what you dream. But God has a reason for you if you're just present right where God desires you to be. And sometimes that is a sacrifice. And here we come. These people are now filling the holy city that God had created and designed for them. Yes, it had been destroyed Yes, there was all kinds of things. They were there. But now the men begin to come back in. The children of Israel begin to come and fill. The children of Judah and the children of Benjamin. Those that were valiant men, it says throughout that. Those that were courageous and strong. They left comfort to come and to sacrifice for this city. There were priests and there were Levites and there were temple workers whom God had set apart at a time just for this reason, though they may not have understood it. And they did it, and they were able to watch God direct all of those things. Listen, this morning, there's a lot that I can get into. But I would ask you, they came to a place where they were thankful in sacrifice. It wasn't the dreaded sacrifice oh i have to no they were willing and grateful to sacrifice and to serve in that regard i would ask you maybe you would be like one of these people and maybe just maybe your sacrifice would be god i'm willing to go inside of those walls i have no idea what that means God, I'm willing to, to take that leap. I'm willing to, to go. Listen, it takes a whole lot of people to make a city work. Yeah? It took a whole lot of people for Jerusalem. Listen, I would say if we want to correlate that to the church, it takes a whole lot of people to make what happens today happen. We could do it really easy. Come on Sunday morning, come here. I'll teach you. It takes me to make that happen. But the reality is, when you walked into these the doors today there was coffee that was brewed there were donuts that were sitting there there was signs out on the streets there's children's workers that greeted you and took your kids there's nursery workers that took the nursery the babies there's somebody that's working in the back to make all these screens work that took a team of people to put all this together it takes a group of people that meet on a regular basis to say hey we've got three dollars we can't spend five and how are we going to allocate that it's going to take this it's going to take that there's a lot of people that come together to make a sunday happen at church Tonight we're going to have a wana. There's 20 or 30 or however many wana workers that are going to work with children tonight. There's youth workers that are going to work with teenagers. There's a Bible study that will take place. There's a lot of people. Let's not even let's not discount this. There's many of you that don't serve or you haven't served physically speaking today, but you prayed for this morning. There's a lot that takes place. It's no different. We need people. The the God calls us God works with us and in this situation God was moving a group of people to go into a city that was not necessarily the most bestest place to be that's great English just so you know it was sacrifice a thankful sacrifice God is seeking after our hearts to desire to be more like him these were not perfect people but they were striving to serve and to give to the Lord. They were willing to sacrifice with an incredible heart of thankfulness. The next thought is that there was celebration and praise. If we were to go to chapter 
12 and looking there at 27 moving forward, uh, really 27 up to about 43. We're not going to read all of that, but you think about the ride that the children of Israel had been on. Think about some of these things. They were kicked out of the walls. The walls had been completely destroyed. They had been burned to the ground. The gates were burned. There was little to no hope at all in their eyes. What were they hopeful for? Our entire city has been basically destroyed. Here we are. When I look over there, it's just destruction. I look over here, it's destruction. I, 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 what are we hoping for? Maybe there was somebody amongst the group that would say, hey, don't forget, remember the prophet used to say this, or remember, remember they used to teach us this, and there was probably somebody in there, there was a few of them that would kind of try to rally the troops again, but most of them were what? They were hopeless. There was nothing. We were completely destroyed. We have all of these things. And then all of a sudden, some, some guy comes around and sneaks around the the city to begin to look at the walls because he had been burdened by God for the people that were there. And now all of a sudden, Nehemiah comes around, he walks through the door and he begins to challenge, he begins to encourage, he begins to share, he begins this rebuild. He brought back a joy and a camaraderie that they hadn't had in years. He showed them that there was a hope. Hey, there is something, there's something worth fighting for today. And they begin to, to go, and remember, if you, if you remember with me, we're building the wall, we're building the wall, and all of these people are building the wall, and in one hand, they're, they're working with their trial, and they're working, and the other hand, they've got their, their tool ready to fight. Nehemiah's on the backside saying, hey guys, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up, and he goes to that side, and he comes over here, and he's encouraging, and he's encouraging, and all throughout, he's praying, and he's lifting them up, and he's doing all of these things, while people are over here saying, hey Nehemiah, I need you. Because they just wanted to destroy it all. And Nehemiah continued. And Nehemiah continued to press on. And the walls go up. And the worship goes up. The celebration goes up. The hands are going up. The confession began to come through. They began to personally apply what was taking place. And now they're coming to a place. And now they are dedicating the wall. What good is dedication of a wall if the people are not dedicated. How did God do all of this? God worked through all of these people. The people came to a place. God, we need the word of God to be taught to us. And so Ezra came and taught the word of God. And there was confession. And there was all of these things. And now the people are dedicated to God. And now these walls can be dedicated. At this point, man, think of all of the things that they have seen. Another step they've sacrificed and now they're dedicating. I've called it celebration and praise and this thought is because really that's what it was. But if we were to go through this book, just this chapter, I would say, in time and time and time again, those things are mentioned. They dedicated, they sacrificed, but throughout the whole thing it was a, it was a, cele- excuse me, a celebration. It was singing. It was thanksgiving. It was rejoicing. Singing was mentioned or is mentioned roughly eight times in this chapter. There's thanksgiving that's mentioned six times. There's rejoicing that's mentioned seven times. It speaks of musical instruments that are mentioned several times. They were celebrating and praising God. What a celebration that it would have been. I don't know about you, but I don't know how many dedication services you've been into. 
But I don't know if I've ever been to a dedication service that would be quite like this. Oftentimes our dedication services are we'll stand outside or we'll do different things and we'll pray and maybe we'll, we'll, uh, we'll highlight somebody or we'll say certain things. We'll pray over the building. All right, let's go. No, these people didn't do that at all. They celebrated all that God had done and they worshipped Him because of not what He had done but because of what He had done and because of what He was about to do through what they had seen. We come to verse 31, and in verse 31, we see kind of what they were doing and how they dedicated it. It says in 31, then I brought up the princes of Judah upon the wall and appointed two great companies of them that gave thanks, whereof one went on the right hand upon the wall toward the dung gate. In verse number 32, it says, and after them went Hosha, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to skip down here, but uh, we come through and, and then it says in the other side, that Nehemiah took a group and went to the left. And so we see in 31 that there was two groups of people. In 37 it says this, And at the fountain gate, which was over against them, they went up the stairs of the city of David at the, ongoing, or at the going up of the wall above the house of David, even unto the water gate eastward. So it kind of says in there, in that process, that Ezra's group went all the way around on one side and they came back to this side. And then in 38 it speaks of Nehemiah. And the other company of them that gave thanks went over against them and I after them and the half of the people upon the wall from beyond the tower of the furnaces even unto the broad wall and then in 39 it says and from above the gate of Ephraim and above the old gate and above the fish gate and the tower of Hananiel and the tower of Mai even unto the sheep gate, and they stood still in the prison gate. So we've got two groups of people. One goes this way, one goes that way. And here's what's amazing to me. They didn't just go, but they took their music, they took their instruments, they took all of these people, and all on top of the wall, think about how big the wall is if the group of people, thousands of people are on the wall, marching around the city, on top of the walls. We're going to take all of Henderson, we're going to build a wall, then we're going to take the thousands of them and we're going to gather them in two, two, two groups and we're going to go around. That's a lot of people. That's a big wall. And guess what? They marched and they marched and they worshipped and they praised and they prayed over. That was a dedication where they were on top, they were worshipping and then it says, they came together. They came together. Why? Why would they not have just met at the temple? Why would they not have just met at the temple? Hey guys, why don't all of us, we're, we're going to dedicate the walls, and in the middle of the walls, there's a big temple. We're all just going to meet in the temple, and we're going to dedicate the walls. That would make sense, right? Makes sense to me. But here's what they did. They dedicated the walls, not the temple. <laughs> they walked and prayed over all of the walls. Each place they dedicated. I'm sure there's many different reasons as to why they did that, but here's a couple thoughts that I have. And maybe, just maybe, this is, Showing my own arrogance 
and who I am. But there was a lot of people that told them that they couldn't. Right? Where were all those people? They're on the outside of the wall, right? All of the people on the outside of the wall said, you can't ever build these walls. As a matter of fact, the one guy said, uh, Tobias said, if you do build it, a fox would go on it and it would crumble. Again, maybe it's my own arrogance and I'm just sharing who I am. But if everybody on the outside are the ones that told me I couldn't do it, I'm going to go to the one place that they very well know, hey, guess what? It's done. So all of these people are up on top of the walls and they're shouting and they're screaming and they're praising God and they're worshiping God and they're walking around and everybody on the outside is going, jerks. Ah, it's just a matter of time. It's all going to come down anyways. Right? So maybe that wasn't the reason, but I would think in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, they're showing them, look what God did. Look what my God did. Maybe it's that the dedicating the walls and the gates, and this is probably more spiritual, as they would worship and pray and honor God for what He had done. As they marched around, if we were to go back to Genesis, it says in chapter 13 and verse 17, Arise, walk through the land in the length of it. And in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. In Joshua chapter 1, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. And maybe it was just simply a matter of them, spiritually speaking, not how I just said it. They were saying, no, this is the place that God has given us. And we are going to walk on these walls and we are going to give every area of this place back to God. Because He is the one that allowed and made this happen. They were giving it back to God. The dedication wasn't just some big sigh of relief either. See, sometimes we do the dedication and at that point it's like, ah, we're done. You finish out a building a year and a half ago or so, two years ago, whatever it's been, a year and a half, we finish out the building here. Ah, we've got a home now. We can get comfortable. No. The biggest part of the project isn't making it happen. The biggest part of the project is staying through to watch what God's going to do after the project is complete. These folks recognized that it wasn't just about a dedication. It wasn't just, hey, it's finished. But there was a lot of work. As a matter of fact, they were now going to live in the place where people were going to try to kill them because they were worshiping and they were honoring Him and there was more to be done. So they did all of this. They sacrificed. They praised. It was a continual praise. It was a continual sacrifice. That's what it says all throughout that passage of Scripture. It says that they were thankful. It says that they were joyful. It says that they did so loud and proud what does it say in verse 43 also that day they offered great sacrifice and rejoiced for God hath made them rejoice with great joy the wives also and the children rejoiced and it says this so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off 
The joy of Jerusalem was heard. Listen, there was a celebration, and the celebration just wasn't a group of people inside of a small area saying, oh, thank you, Jesus. Nah, they all came together. They were standing on top of those walls, and when they gathered together at that final destination, they all shouted, they all worshipped, they were clanging whatever they were clanging, and they were praising God because He is worthy to be praised, and they were yelling and shouting so that those from miles and miles and miles could hear the worship of God's people. In dedication, there is sacrifice. In dedication, there is celebration. And in dedication, there is an act of service. The walls were up. The gates are up. They were secured. The people are back in the city. And those are outside of the city. Uh, the, the, the The covenant had been set. The people were giving and sacrificing. They had begun to put people into places. If we were to look at all of these, these verses and, and really go through this, you can see that they had placed people, it says in 44, and at the time were some appointed over the chambers of the treasures for the offerings, for the first fruits, and for the tithes to gather into them. There was people that were taking care of the money. There were people that were taking care of the, the protection of the city. There was people that were taking care of the worship. There was people that were taking care of the music or of the, the, the teaching. There was people all around. Listen, there was a sacrifice. There was now a service that had to be done and as they were coming in they were saying yes I will do this yes I will give my services for this and yes I will do those things listen as we dedicate ourselves to God as we dedicate ourselves to God there will be a sacrifice that sacrifice I promise you I guarantee you will bring you to a place of celebration because when you watch what God does it will make you happy and when we do all of those things The natural outflow of dedicating our lives to God is a service to Him. It is a service to Him. Why? Because I serve those who I love. I give a heart of service, a heart of sacrifice. Listen, today, in the hallway, there's not a whole bunch of sign-ups so that you can sign up so that you can serve at Oasis. But I challenge you, I ask you, I encourage you, I I implore you. Not that we need you to serve, though we do. But what if you just dedicated your life to God? I would say, hey, Oasis or guests this morning, whether you come back to Oasis or you go to another church or you go back to your hometown, wherever you're from, but if you were to say, God, I am willing to dedicate everything that I have to you. And I will trust that when you lead me to that next place, whatever it is, I am willing to go because I am dedicated to you. What that would do for you. Listen, I'll promise you, if you genuinely give your heart to God, there will be great celebration. Your heart would be so full that you would desire to serve others. Thankfully, serving and it's not just a financial thing though that will come with it because where your heart is there will your treasure be also but it's just really a dedication giving myself to God it's giving myself to God in 2nd Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 5 it says but they first gave themselves to the Lord And I ask you this question, have you given yourself to the Lord? As we look at dedication, 
the people have been dedicated. Now we come to where they dedicate the walls, they dedicate the city, they dedicate what God is doing, and I'll ask again and again and again, have you given your heart to the Lord? Has there been a time in your life where you would say, I have surrendered my life to God, and I'm not asking as a Christian, I'm asking this as somebody that may be sitting here that does not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you've said, you would say, yes, I have given my life to Jesus Christ, to God, that He would be the Savior of my life. God, I have failed you. God, I recognize my sinfulness, and God, I'm asking that you would come, you would forgive me of those sins, you would wash me pure, that I could then stand before you, and in that process, I am bowing at your feet, and I'm asking you to be the Lord of my life. I give you everything that I would know you in a personal and real relationship to God. Has there been that time that you have done that? Christian, I would ask you this question is have you just given yourself to Him? Are you living daily with the heart of sacrifice? Are you living in such a manner that it's, it's truly a sacrifice? For some of you, coming to church is a sacrifice because you've never had a consistent, you've never made church consistent in your life. For others of you, you've been in church most of your life. Coming on Sunday isn't so much the sacrifice. But maybe you're not serving. Maybe you've never gotten to a place where you consistently give financially to a church. You've, you've taken that next step of sacrifice. I don't know what it is. But I would ask you, have you ever given it all and said, God, here it is. I'm dedicating it everything. And I'm willing to see what you're going to do in and through my life. Again, thank you for checking us out online. If you have never been to one of our services, it would be such an honor to have you as one of our guests. If you have made any decision today, our staff would love to celebrate with you. Would you please email us at info at oasislv.church.